I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week, I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. As I'm recording this, our world feels like it's been turned upside down. The COVID-19 virus has changed how we live our lives. Schools are closed. Many businesses are closed. Where I live, even the parks are closed. People are being asked to work from home, and lots of us are worried about losing our jobs. More and more things seem to be closing every day, and it's scary. The worst part is the uncertainty. Things are changing so fast, and none of us really knows what's going to happen next. It's super hard on our brains when they don't know what to expect. Our brains don't like the unknown. This can lead to stress and worry. Even though it seems like we've stepped into the twilight zone right now, this isn't the only time our brains are put in situations where we feel out of control. Actually, this happens every day. Maybe you're driving to work and there's a fender bender up ahead and you get stuck in traffic, so you're late for work. Maybe when you get to work, you're thrown a new project or worse, a last-minute presentation that you're not prepared for. Maybe when you get home, you find out that your toddler has tried to clean her own bum, and there's poop all over her bed and on every pair of socks she owns. Yep, that happened to me recently. Things happen every day that are out of our control, and this can be really hard on our brains, creating lots of stress. This happened to me years ago when I was preparing for the biggest exam of my life. I was in university, and before I could become Dr. Byers, I had to take this really big exam where I had to get up in front of most of my department, give a presentation on a project I'd been working on for years called my dissertation, and then I was examined by many of the members of the staff. Basically, they would throw questions at me for two hours, and I had to answer them on the spot. I am the type that likes to over-prepare, so I felt like I had this in the bag. I'd even put together this really big three-inch binder where I'd written out possible questions I thought I could get asked and how I would answer those questions. I'd been preparing for this exam for years. I knew my project inside and out. I felt totally confident. So I'm on my way to the university, giant binder under my arm. I step out of my car and somehow the hem of my pants gets snagged. The seam rips out. And all of a sudden, my pants are two inches too long. Maybe this wouldn't be that big of a deal to a lot of people, but I'm super clumsy. So having my pants be two inches too long when I'm standing up in front of a group of people, giving the presentation that will determine whether or not I become a doctor, was pretty stressful for me. Thankfully, I'm pretty resourceful. I found a stapler and I stapled the hem of my pants together. I didn't have a needle and thread handy, so this was really the only option because I had to make it to my presentation on time. So I'm feeling confident again. I got my pants stapled together. I got my giant binder. I walk into the exam room 
And standing at the front of the exam room is the one professor in the university that I don't like and I'm pretty sure hates me. I had this professor a few years before for a class that I didn't do very well in. And I'd gotten into a bit of a disagreement with the professor about my final mark. It probably wasn't a very big deal to him, but for me, it was a huge deal. And I think my jaw dropped to the floor when I walked in and saw this man standing there. How these exams work is that I knew most of the examiners, they were professors and teachers in my department, but the university assigns one extra professor that you don't know about until the day of to be your special examiner. And of course, given my luck, it's the one person in the university I don't like. So like I said, I walk into this room, my pants are stapled together, and the one person that I don't like in the university is standing there ready to examine me. Despite my best preparations, I'd done everything I thought I could to get ready for this exam, life was throwing me a bunch of curveballs. Things felt totally out of my control, and I'm pretty sure all I wanted to do in that moment was run to the nearest bathroom and hide. Thankfully, I reminded myself how much I had prepared for this exam. I reminded myself that I did have that giant binder with all those questions prepared under my arm. I'd been working on this project for years. I could do this. So I pulled up my big girl pants, walked to the front of the room, and gave my presentation. Like I said, I got grilled for a couple hours after that from the examiners. I didn't answer every question perfectly, but at the end of the day, I passed and I became Dr. Byers. I wasn't feeling very brave when I got to that room and I saw who my examiner was going to be and I knew that I had just stapled my pants together. But by the end of the presentation, I was definitely feeling much more confident. I get asked a lot about how to build courage, how to feel more brave, more confident. Really, courage comes from taking action when it feels like things are out of our control. Moving forward when things are uncertain is how we build confidence. Our brains build confidence and courage just like any other skill, through practice. Think about the first time you ever drove a car. Do you remember it? I remember mine. I had no idea what I was doing. My dad took me out to this rural road in the middle of nowhere so I couldn't possibly hit anything, and I remember being terrified. Fast forward many years later, now driving is second nature. I don't need to think about talking myself into driving or giving myself a pep talk before I get behind the wheel because my brain knows what to expect. My confidence in my driving skills built every time I got into that car. It was pretty scary those first 5, 10, 15 times when I got behind the wheel, but over time my brain learned what was going on, what to expect, and how to handle the situation. Our brains actually need to face adversity and challenge to grow. We need this to build our confidence. If I'm just doing the same thing every day, my brain's not learning to be stronger. It's not becoming braver. We don't become braver by doing the same thing over and over. If I'd stayed a passenger in a vehicle my whole life and never built up that courage as a 16-year-old first-time driver, 
I would never have become brave and confident driving to the point where now it doesn't really feel that brave to drive. It feels like just something I do. Each time I got behind that wheel and practiced, my brain became more confident to where now I feel totally confident driving. Same thing happened when I had to give that presentation for my final exam in school. I definitely didn't feel brave walking into that room and getting up in front of that group of people to go through my exam. But because I took those steps, I kept moving forward, my brain learned, yes, I can handle this. This is something that I can prepare for, and this is something I can handle. So my courage built as I was going through the presentation. You might have noticed this in yourself before if you ever had to do any type of public speaking. For me, still, when I get up in front of a group, I feel some butterflies at the start. But almost as soon as I start talking, my confidence builds. And with everything that I say that goes well, my brain says, you got this. You can do it. I feel braver by the end of the presentation. My brain is learning when I'm put in these new situations that it can handle things. A lot of times we have this belief that we need to be confident before we can act. If I just build up enough confidence first, eventually I'll feel confident to take that leap and start that new job or start that new relationship or start that diet or exercise plan. I'm here to tell you, nope, that's not going to work. Mentally revving yourself up is not going to be enough for your brain to learn confidence. It might be enough to talk yourself into taking that first step but our brains learn by doing. That's the fastest way for our brains to learn any skill. I could have read the driver's manual a million times, but I would never truly have learned how to drive until I started behind the wheel. There's only so much you can learn just by thinking. By doing is really how our brains learn. Confidence works the same way. My brain is going to learn much faster that it can be confident If I take action, we build our confidence through taking this action, but something that can hold us back from taking that first step towards confidence and something new is that our brains are really good at imagining the worst case scenario. I'm sure you've been in this situation before. You're going to try something new or something that's a little bit scary and through your brain are flashing all the possible outcomes that might happen. You know, I'm a 16-year-old girl getting into that car for the first time behind the wheel. My brain says, oh my goodness, what if I can't do this? What if I crash? What if I drive into that one tree that's standing there in the middle of the field, out in the middle of nowhere on this deserted road? What if I never get my driver's license? What if I'm the only one of my friends who can't do this? Same way our brains work in any new situation. If I'm thinking about taking a new job, my brain is really quick to jump to that worst case scenario. What if I take this job and it doesn't work out? What if I fail? What's my family going to think? And my friends, what are they going to think if I can't do this? Our brains are really good at talking us out of trying something new. Our brains do not like change. It is scary. They like things to be consistent. They like things to be predictable. But if we want to build courage and to build confidence, 
we need to push past that brain's tendency to talk us out of things and take that step. Think of your brain as a really good suspense writer. My brain is telling me, oh my goodness, that sound is some giant monster. Oh look, there's this giant shadow coming towards me. And then I realize it's only this cute little duckling that's coming around the corner. It was just the lighting and some weird sound effects that made it seem scarier than it is. Our brains do this too. They catastrophize. They think of the worst case scenario. They are the best suspense writers out there. Most often, there's really not a monster coming around the corner. It's probably closer to a little duckling. And so if we can take that first step and do something that feels scary or move forward in times of uncertainty, our brain is going to get that feedback really fast that it doesn't need to be so scared. Yeah, it was scary for me to walk into that exam room. My brain was thinking about how horribly awful I was going to do. And no, I was not perfect. I made mistakes, but I got through it. And it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Next time, when I'm in a situation like that, hopefully not another exam where I have to staple my pants together, but in another situation where I'm going in front of a group and I don't know what to expect, my brain is going to be just a little bit braver because I've been through this before. Because I took that first step when I was scared all the way down to my toes and all I wanted to do was run and hide in the bathroom, my brain learned that it can handle this and that it's probably not going to be as scary as I think it's going to be. When things around us are going crazy and feel out of our control, we can choose to have courage. We can choose to take that step forward even when we're shaking in our boots. Remember, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's feeling fear and moving forward anyway. Every time I feel scared and do something anyway, my brain learns I didn't need to be so scared in the first place. My brain learns that I'm stronger than I thought I was. I'm more courageous and braver than I thought I could be. Just like we learn any other skill, we can learn to be braver and more confident with practice. Another thing that can make it really hard for our brains to be brave is the uncertainty itself. Remember, our brains really like to know what's going to happen next. It makes us feel so much more confident when we have a plan. I tell you, I was feeling super confident that morning of my exam with my giant binder and the one suit I own on, driving myself to my exam. My brain thought it had things under control. It thought it had a plan everything was peachy keen. Then I had to staple my pants together and I had to deal with an examiner that I didn't like through my brain into panic mode. Our brains really don't like thinking too hard. So when uncertainty happens, when things happen that we don't predict that are out of our routine, it makes it tough on our brains and can send them to imagining those worst case scenarios to spiraling on that hamster wheel of self-doubt where we don't feel like we can handle it. When things happen and we can't control them, it can send our brains into the stress and panic response. I didn't really know what to expect in that exam room. And right now, you might not really know what to expect next as the world is changing because of COVID-19. 
When our brains have to work super hard to try and figure out what to do next, this creates stress on our bodies and our minds. Have you noticed that with all the uncertainty right now, you're feeling tense or your shoulders have been slowly creeping up to your ears? Your back feels like it's in knots. Maybe your stomach has been doing some backflips. The butterflies are fluttering. That's our body reacting to the uncertainty. And again, it doesn't take a worldwide viral outbreak to cause that stress response in our bodies. If I'm sitting in traffic and traffic's backed up and I'm stressed about being late, I'm probably going to notice I'm gripping that steering wheel pretty tight. I'm going to notice that my shoulders are creeping up towards my ears. When I had to do that presentation for my exam, my stomach was definitely doing some backflips. Our bodies react to this uncertainty every day. And those changes that we feel are our body's way of signaling our brain that something is up, that we feel stressed, that we feel worried. Unfortunately, these changes in our body send signals back to our brain that make us worry more. Oh my goodness, my muscles are tensing. My brain says this must mean there's something to be scared of. I better start worrying more and more. Then we get on this hamster wheel of stress and anxiety where we think about all the bad things that might happen. When we're in the stress and panic response, we don't think very clearly. Our brains are reacting with fear rather than thinking through and problem solving, which makes us just feel less in control. And that hamster wheel of self-doubt keeps spinning. The easiest way to snap our brains out of stress mode is to take a few deep breaths. I know you're thinking, I breathe all the time. It's what keeps me alive. Actually, when we're stressed, our breathing changes. We tend to take smaller breaths. Our shoulders tend to tighten, which makes our breathing even more shallow, which means less oxygen is getting to our brain. This makes our brains less efficient and taking a few deep breaths can send some more resources to the brain helps us think more clearly, and also sends signals to our body that it's okay to relax. If we can slow down that panic response in our body, it frees up resources for our brains to think, for our brains to problem solve, and for our brains to be able to evaluate, is this really going to be the worst case scenario, or can I take that small step of courage and move forward? Try this right now. Put one hand on your stomach and one hand on your chest. Then take a deep breath, trying to keep the hand on your chest in place, but pushing that one on your stomach out as much as possible. Breathe in and then breathe out like you're blowing out a candle as you count to five. So you're breathing in, pushing that hand on your stomach out as far as it can go, and breathing out like you're blowing out a candle. Do this five to 10 times. This pattern of breathing will actually slow your body's stress response. When we change the way we're breathing, it does a few things. It focuses our brains on our breathing, which means we're less focused on everything else that's going on around us. We're focusing on what we can control, which is our breathing, We're not focusing on all those things we can't control that are going on. 
when we slow our breathing, it also signals our brain's relaxation response, which overrides that panic. It is not possible to stay tense and stressed when we control our breathing in this way. Just like anything else, this takes practice. It might have felt kind of weird when you were doing those breaths because it's not something we're used to doing, especially if you're feeling tense and frustrated right now. Your body's probably taking those really short breaths. Training our body to take a few deep breaths when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel fear, when our confidence is down, can snap our brain out of panic mode and back into relaxation mode. Now that your body and your brain are calm, you have more resources to think about what you can control. Maybe I can't control the traffic, but I can calm my body so I'm less stressed. I can control whether I'm going to get angry and frustrated about being late or whether I'm going to be patient and wait for the traffic to pass. I can control that I'm stuck at home right now and there's lots of stress and uncertainty in the world but I can control if I spread fear by letting my brain panic or do I spread courage and strength by focusing on what I can control. I can focus on keeping my body and my mind healthy, which is going to make our brains happier. We're going to feel more in control and less stressed. We can build confidence and courage even when the world feels out of control. In fact, this is the time It really makes our brains and minds stronger. Going through adversity, going through hard times is what makes us stronger as people and makes our brains stronger. Remember, courage isn't the absence of fear. We all have fear and it's important for our brains. It keeps us motivated. Courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. So if you're scared or overwhelmed, or stressed about something right now, remember, you can control where your brain focuses. You can choose to have courage and move forward. If you want to learn more about how your unique personality might impact how you react to stress, and some specific strategies tailored to your style to help you build courage and reach your goals, head on over to my website at drnicolebyers.com, forward slash quiz to take my free stress personality quiz. I'll put the link in the show notes too. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and you're listening to the Bold Life Podcast. Podcast.